Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Tear me up inside! What's what's going on, Frank? What are you doing? I ate the crow. What? What is that? I ate the crow. Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. And I'd like to thank you for listening, whether you're an OU fan wanting to grieve our second straight loss. First time since 99 a Texas fan looking to take a clip of ours out of context and post it on the internet, or an Iowa State <laughs> fan looking to dance on our grave. I'm just happy you're here. You gave me a scent of your uh, anger money. So welcome to the welcome to the pod. Glad to have you in. Uh, with me today, as always, my, uh, my co-host, Jameson, my co-host, Ty. Welcome on, guys. But uh, again, another sad occasion. This is a truly historic moment for uh, both our podcast – well – Nobody cares about our podcast, but uh, both our pod, this is the first time we've ever had two regular season losses, but uh, first time back-to-back losses for the Sooners uh, since 1999. Uh, It's major stuff. OU's out of the playoff uh, pretty much entirely unless 2007 stuff happens, which it won't. Uh, But we're going to, hey, you know, like like our, our, our slogan says, we're rolling on. You know, we, we, this, this wagon doesn't stop. Uh, and it comes to a very tough game against Texas. We will get into that in our Texas preview. Yeah, we're getting, we're getting three pods for y'all this week, folks. But let's just get right to it. Iowa State uh, beat OU. And uh, Jameson, I, I just got to ask you, what went wrong? I mean, really, everything went wrong except for Spencer Rattler. I will hang on, and I think this is very, very like for real, dude. Spencer Rattler. No, we agree. We agree. Okay. Okay. Good. I was. I was hoping you weren't. It's just really funny. No, it's really funny. Dude, Spencer killed it. Like he had so many good throws, and there's a couple drops, touchdowns, Obiallo and Theo Weiss. When that Theo Weiss throw was just beautiful. The last throw, he admitted he was wrong. He didn't see the safety. But if there wasn't a hold, I'm not going to say revisionist history. I'm not going to say it was the rest fault. Still a bad throw. It would have been a 50-50 ball between their safety and Charleston Rambo. So take that as you will. I'm not taking Spencer Rattler at fault too much there. All in all, offensive line, embarrassment again. Why the hell is Eric Swenson starting again whenever it's obvious that Anton Harrison is 20 times better? I saw I saw something on PFF. PFF graded Anton Harrison, our second highest player on the team. Why the hell is he not playing more? Why is Swenson playing on the end of the drive? I don't understand what Bill Beanball is doing there. Wide receivers, embarrassing. Running backs, I'm, they're not embarrassing. It's just sad because we don't have anybody. That's our offense. We are Oklahoma. We shouldn't have three out of the four position groups being embarrassing. There's no excuse for that in the slightest. 
A- absolutely. And I, I think the problem with OU is you hear these little bits as the season goes on of, oh, uh, Caleb Kelly out, you know, out for the year or, um, you know, Kennedy Brooks opting out, you know, Trey Sermon transferring to Ohio State. And every time you get one bit stripped away, stripped away, you're so used to OU football, you know, finding a guy to stick you, you know, stick another guy back in there, you know, reload, move on. At this point in OU football, we're not, we're not good enough. We don't have enough guys to plug in and win at the clip we had before. It just, it just, it just, it's it, the roster is just not good enough right now that we're putting out out there. Um, it's frustrating, but it's just kind of how things are right now. Uh, I, again, think this was a completely avoidable loss for OU. Uh, Iowa State, while they played fantastic, I thought they played sharp. Uh, you know, they, OU left a lot of stuff on the table that I think, you know, could have, you know, used correcting. You know, if, if OU played sharper, if they took opportunities given to them, uh, you know, both in on the offensive standpoint, you know, the, um, just throws that could have been made easily, dr- easy dropped passes, uh, dropped interceptions. You know, it, it was it was there for the taking. OU once again didn't show up, didn't produce, and it's very frustrating. But um, Ty, I got to ask you, uh, Iowa State. So as we as you mentioned last week, they are video game NPCs. Why did they have to turn it up to uh, expert? like super hard Heisman mode on us because um, miles on every purchase every day. (laughs) (laughs) I'll allow it. Hang on. I can't hear you guys. (laughs) What'd you guys say? Oh, you you guys got that? Okay. Yeah, that's why I couldn't hear you guys. <laughs> the Capital One Venture Car. <laughs> and You'll here we will drop, we'll drop our like, anchor. I looking for it, trying to play it cool. I was like, uh, where is this coming from? Jennifer Garner, <laughs> come on the podcast. Yeah. Anyways, Ty, I, 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 had, I had some clever quip about how My Iowa, State's, I, I, Iowa State's uh, game mode was turned up to like expert because those NPCs were firing off uh, pretty hard. Um did the Cyclones impress you at all? I I think they, you know, we can't not give them credit, but I, they played exactly how I think we all expected them to play. Um, just like we said, they were going to be, you know, nothing fancy, just sound in, in uh, everything and just kind of good enough across the board that they could punish us for mistakes. And I, like, I when I look back at what we said about Iowa state, I don't see any of it really being incorrect. Oh, you lost here. Oh, you could have won it. Um, we are objectively a better team with better players and we lost it because our guys can't put it together this year for whatever reason. I mean, Brock Purdy was 50% and, and Brees Hall, like we talked about was, was a key part of that offense that really messed us up. So yeah, it's, it went exactly how, you know, we said it would if we didn't execute, and and we didn't. Yeah, and again, you know, I, I, um, my thing is everything we said. You know, like you've said, like we've said, and you know, in our conversations, everything was we said was right. If OU executed and played their game, took advantage of the, the opportunities given to them, and you know, actually looked like OU normally does, they would have won this game. You know, Iowa State 
they weren't anything fancy. Like you said, they they did they played their game. They were solid, but they weren't they weren't incredible. Or they weren't incredible. Brees Hall, insane. But again, Brock Purdy didn't do anything that much that much to impress me. Most other secondaries in the country would have had like three or four picks off that guy. Um, yeah. So let's not. I, let's I, honestly, I think speaking about the secondary, OU could have won had we just not played Buki. Like, I'm not even talking someone in his place. I'm talking ten people on the defense. <laughs> we probably could have won. Just because, just because they mean, would drop we, balls. No, so he well dropping passes. He the only thing he did was he had two tackles. That's it, and he gave them, I think, over fifty yards. One of his pass interference plays, the dude was already covered perfectly, and Buki comes out of nowhere and pass interferes him for no reason. Like it was yeah, just. Yeah. Absolute stupidity on his part at, at like every available opportunity. He was like, "What can I do that's really stupid here?" I mean, yeah, it was brutal. And go ahead, Jimson. Yeah, it's 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 weird, really, because this season, honestly, we haven't talked too much about him. He's been pretty sound, um, and he's been doing somewhat decent on this defense. We knew him as a guy excluding the LSU game near the end of last season of doing really good at diagnosing plays beforehand and getting there. And while he never was a good tackler, um, he was playing like a smart defender. Something fell off this game. And I don't care if he played well versus K-State. I don't care if he played well versus I, Ty calls him Montana State. I almost forgot they're from Missouri State now. Um, that game feels like eons ago. <laughs> he should have been pulled for Jeremiah Cordell. There's no excuse for it. You make a mistake. Okay, Alex Grinch has pulled people on this defense for one mistake and never put him in the back game. Two mistakes, three mistakes, four mistakes, five mistakes. I, I, I lost count. There's definitely more than five mistakes. And that dude didn't get a lick of getting pulled. It was absolutely embarrassment, and I don't know why Grinch has his guys of Fields, Turner, Yell, and Buki. Are they just untouchable? It makes no sense to me. No sense at all. Well, because Sorry, I, mean, I, I yeah, you can I, go, I was, Yeah, no, I'll, I'll say a quick thing. I believe they have a combined like ninety starts between them. It clearly isn't working. Mix some other blood in there. I I, I need to see more more in there because it just isn't working. Uh, Ty, what are you going to say? I'm sorry. Yeah, so I, no, I was just going to say I read a, an ESPN article after the game as well, and and about a fourth to a third of the article was just what the hell is Oklahoma doing with this spooky guy? And and uh, I forget who it was or or um, you know the specifics of it, but basically I think they surmised that it was probably a recruiting thing that we're keeping him in to keep that pipeline open. But yeah, he was. This was just absolutely. I don't even. I don't even understand. Yeah. Now that now that we're out of the playoff race, um, I don't see any reason at all on any position on this whole team why we shouldn't put in the young guys, our new recruits, especially on defense, of why they shouldn't get way more play than they have been. I want to see more of Bryson Washington at safety, the guy that was supposed to be the stereotypical Grinch guy. The the six foot two runs a four three something forty at safety. I want to see that. I want to see more Josh Eden. I want to see more Kendall Dennis. You know, um, I want to see all of those guys, even though they're young freshmen. You know, they're six foot two and extreme athletes with forty inch verticals. You see Buki coming across the end zone, and he has to push up 
over the guy's shoulders to just get even high enough to get to the high point on the ball. That is what a little kid does. That is or not what a, what a or what a Bobby does. D one. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Bobby could have made better decisions out there. What? What do you mean? What do you mean? Oh well, I mean, I, honestly, I would have just stayed all the way back and tried to like be a roadblock over him. You know, at least I would have tried to like get in front of people. Just I'd be way behind them, and then kind of have to waddle over and make sure I get in their way. But either way, uh, and and I'll I'll say this especially about um, you know our guys we have behind the guys we're playing. That graphic that came up, the infamous five ten graphic. Uh, all these guys we're about to be putting in are much bigger than that. Like Jameson said, we're talking six two six one solid quarterbacks that are Grinch guys. And yeah, no, I know things aren't right right now. I know the defense isn't right, but it wasn't supposed to be perfect. You know, this most defensive coordinators take about two or three years, usually three years to get their system fully installed, get their guys in place. And we knew it was going to, I, I think we, we, thought we'd take a uh, more of a step towards what we wanted out of the defense this year. However, I think it's pretty clear that's not going to happen unless we get the personnel we need. In. And quite, quite frankly, we did not have the right personnel in at all um, last Saturday. Cause we got straight up bullied by those big white, those apparently every, everyone in Iowa state uh, is a captain those big white wide receivers, yeah. <laughs> tight ends. Everyone had a captain's thing on there. It made no sense. But you know, I again all respect to Iowa State. You know, we don't we don't want to bash Iowa State here. You know, you, you gotta give uh, apparently gotta give uh, a lot of credit to Iowa State. Gotta respect them. You know, again, you know, very solid team. You know, Matt Campbell, noted noted not coward Matt Campbell. Uh good work, Iowa State. So I would like to go into the segment of uh, say one nice thing about Iowa State. Ty, you start. With, we're, um, we're trying to we're trying okay. to be a nice neutral podcast. Is there anything nice you want to say about Iowa State before we move on? Yeah, uh, I will say I did. I did like the uniforms; those were neat. I would have liked some. Uh, this is not on Iowa State's ends because Iowa State did their part because they they adjusted the field as well to the blacked out uniforms. But I would like to see some some continuity in, in sort of the on the ESPN side and on the production side uh, with graphics tied to sort of uniforms. Cause it's kind of weird, you know, when Iowa state is in black and white and uh, we're in white and red and then our graphics are our colors, but then their graphics on the TV are uh, red and, and yellow. It's just, you know, a little OCD thing. And then I guess a bonus secondary thing for Iowa state Um their secondary looked really good, mostly because all of our receivers are absolute busts. Um, all of our star receivers, besides Mims, are, are absolute trash and, and should have their scholarships revoked and be cut. Um, so good on Iowa. But, I mean, so just real quick, I know it was supposed to be about Iowa State. Look at our receivers. Our number one receiver was our tight end. Okay? He's good. He's not that good. Okay? And he didn't and even – he should have got more catches. Yeah, and he was the only reason he was getting the catches he was was because we were going through the progressions like three times, and then eventually he was open. And then we have Rambo, we have a running back, we have a dude from UCLA, we have another running back, or I'm sorry, we have an 18 year old, another running back, and then Drake Stoops. It's There's, it's unbelievable yeah. how how much of a bust our superstar 
wide receivers have turned out to be. It's really anyway, sad. Theo Weiss. Theo Weiss is the biggest it. thing. Yeah, Theo Weiss. Just let's keep on going. With this absolute disappointment. I said in the preseason, like I don't think he's going to be the number one. I thought Rambo's going to be the number one, but Weiss, he has just disappeared. Anyway, this you was his time. The number like fifteen, though. You no, know, no way. I mean, this dude is solid. You know. I do not mm-hmm. know what's wrong. There's no nagging injuries. There's nothing. That, that dropped intercept me, that dropped um, touchdown, I understand that was kind of tough because Rattler was rolling out and threw a miracle ball across the field a little bit as he was rolling outside. And kind of – it was a tough catch. And we're kind of giving him a lot for dropping it. But he didn't do anything else in that whole game to say like, oh, at least he did this during the game. That was his moment, and he dropped it. He legitimately dropped yeah. the ball. I mean, you you, you got to – you got to get more involved. And I, I I need to see that out of the wide receivers across the board. I know it's hard because we don't have a run game basically kills the RPO, which is Lincoln Riley's bread and butter. Um, I mean, since Lincoln's been here, we've had P Ryan Mixon, P Ryan Mixon. And then um, I guess at that point, Rodney Anderson, who's a killer and then Rod Anderson and Sermon and then Sermon uh, and then Brooks. Sermon Brooks. So, I mean, we've always had a stacked running back. We've always had at least two running backs who we can reliably trust in that RPO. And we, we just, it, it really takes such a huge chunk out of Lincoln Riley's offense when they don't respect the run in the RPO. And it, it, it really, it makes things difficult on our receivers to get open. Uh, but still, I would like to see more creativity out of them to, you know, find a way. Um, it's just it, it's really frustrating on all ends because this is an offense we thought would at least be able to execute, um, but when things get tough, they just fall apart. They just can't get open. Uh, and and I, it's it's it, it down the line receivers, O line, running backs. Just we we thought last week that what we saw in the second half of that Kansas State game was an anomaly. That it was just OU fell apart. We've seen that that act before. But these are deep problems. These are things that aren't going to get fixed with, you know, a couple guys who smoked a bunch of weed coming back. It's, it's that's not true. No, Stevenson. All joking aside, Stevenson coming back is going to be huge. It's going to help unless, unless, unless he has like a, some lingering injury or he is not kept up with his uh, fitness over this. Him coming back, I think, is going to be one of the biggest keys to this offense. I Here, yeah, no, and I think Perkins more than anything is going to be huge, as well as Stevenson, of course. You know, Bridges, you know, might be good to get a couple ejections out of out of him. <laughs> you know, take, he, he could have taken Brees Hall right out. I, I gotta say, just throw him out on defense. It would have been an accident. Um, but um, I gouged someone one time. Maybe I don't know. Shout out Iowa State Twitter for being like OU's podcast supports eye gouging. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, nice things. You guys got to say your nice things. Uh, I'll say, I'll say yeah. this. I've got I've got one nice thing about Iowa State is we dog kind of on it being quote unquote arrogant because uh, we say that we beat ourselves. Iowa State didn't beat us. In all honesty, we beat ourselves, but Iowa beat us because they didn't make a mistake. They didn't screw up. That you know, Brock Purdy had a couple of bad throws that could have been picked off, but they didn't end up making more mistakes than we did. And that's how you win a football game. And honestly, it doesn't matter. You can, you don't have to win a football game by just playing exceptional. 
you know, and like looking really, really good as long as you get the win. Sometimes you just have to make less mistakes than the other team. And that's what Iowa State did. And they deserve to win. So exactly. um, just because I'm saying we beat ourselves doesn't make us arrogant. It just means that we made more mistakes than the team we were playing against. And that's that's how Iowa State wins football games. They do what they do and they wait for you to break, especially on defense. You know, that that's that's how they that's how they beat TCU. They had so yeah. many big plays and they did the exact same thing against OU. Our defense, I believe, is second yeah. to last among second to last among eligible FBS teams in yards <laughs> per play, if not the worst. We're like, I believe one of the worst teams of tackling next to Texas. Uh, and Vanderbilt, great company, folks, um, in terms of uh, completing tackles. The defense just just really, really screws us. And Iowa State made us pay through a, a lot of mistakes. It, it wasn't like they were consistently moving the ball down the field and chopping at us and, you know, making those those drives. Because usually on those longer drives, uh, you know, oh, you would slug, you know, turn it into a slugfest, you know, make it a little messy and, you know, hold them to a field goal. But Iowa State did a great job at, you know, just pounding away and, you know, finding us open for massive plays. So good good on them for that. Um, my nice thing about Iowa State, I thought it was very nice of them to showcase the history of the uh, of college football in Iowa by wearing black and then, you know, using the yellowest accessories. So a really nice uh, hat tip to uh, – you know, Iowa college football. Um, good stuff. Good Damn, stuff. Bob's got still yeah. some salt. Ooh. I'm <laughs> super fit salty yeah. talking about Iowa. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll just, in my, in my closing comments about Iowa State, I mean, it's, it's like you guys just said, it's, it's what we expected of them. Okay. They, they went out there and they let us make the mistakes. Iowa State is literally like the football equivalent of that dude that just DMs girls when they have a fight with their guy. Like, oh, I'm going to treat you right. Like, he's there when you make the mistakes. And he's just sliding in. He's no one's first choice, but he can he can beat you here and there. It, you it, reminds, the it reminds me of the YouTube video, uh, Luigi Wins Mario Party by Doing Nothing, where <laughs> they, just, like, they, they, just, they just have a controller with no input, and Luigi just sits there, wins every Mario, Mario Party game. Uh, it's like Blake rolling the dice for the pick. Man, I gotta, I gotta say, we tried, we tried Iowa State. We tried to be nice. We tried to be civil. We're just too salty. But you know what? This is an OU football. Home I don't care if we lost. We're still a better team. Honestly, probably. Like, look, if we replayed this, if we played in the Big Twelve Championship. I think OU wins. I think. I know. I don't think we can ever beat them this season. I just think we're a better team. I, I, I'm just saying, give us a couple more months. I think we'd beat them. We, we wouldn't. Yeah. You know, we it, we it, made it's hard. Go ahead. It's hard not to yeah. sound salty, but. Yeah, we made takes before on a podcast where we put our takes out there and there, some are going to be right and some are going to be wrong. We were confident. We are confident in what we said. Then people can come out after the fact and criticize us for our confident takes that were wrong. Um, a lot of the times when you're confident, you're right. Sometimes you're wrong. But the people who come out of the brush and take down people that were confident before and call you arrogant for that, there's a fine line between arrogant and confidence. Fine line. And in no way, shape, or form, I don't think that was arrogant at all. We're a podcast who makes takes beforehand, and you have to be for sure and confident in them, or else what are we telling y'all? 
if I'm not confident in what I'm saying, are you just wasting your time listening to us? There's no point in listening to us at all. So well, I don't get in the slightest fact why you can call that arrogant because well, you ain't coming out and saying stuff beforehand. Well, it's also like arrogance is arrogance is unfounded confidence. We had five years of OU football being awesome, winning Big 12 championships and winning these tough situations. And for that matter, 20 years of uh, responding after a loss. There was founded belief that OU was going to do well. And, you know, I didn't think we were too brutal on Iowa State. So either way, thanks for the anchor money, folks. That'll If everyone thought Iowa State was going to win, the line would have been negative in their side. Like yeah. it's, it was it's, not a decision. <laughs> it's not an insane take to think that OU football is going to be at Iowa State. But, you know, congrats to the Cyclones. Great win. Uh, that'll be remembered uh, forever. Uh, unfortunately, it happened in uh, COVID times and, you know, only 25% of the people could be there to enjoy it. No one rushed the field and uh, all the great memories that would have come if it was a normal year didn't come. So that kind of sucks. I'm sorry, Iowa State. I wish you would have gotten your, uh, uh, you know, program defining win, you know, in a normal year where you could enjoy it. But that's okay. Not salty, not salty. Not salty. Anyways, let's move on. Final <laughs> thoughts on OU Iowa State before we wrap up and uh, wrap this podcast up because honestly, it's OU Texas week. I don't want any of our OU Texas fun to be sullied by such a dog, dog shit game and uh, mainly bitterness towards a fan base that is frankly irrelevant. So, uh, <laughs> man, I'm digging myself a deeper hole here. So, Jameson, any thoughts on uh, OU Iowa State before we move on? I think my takes are pretty much almost the same as um, after K-State. Um, I think that we just need to be more solid in the, the positions on our team that are supposed to hold us up and fix, um, whenever we do make mistakes, um, keep us solid like the offensive line. They need to step up more, and they aren't. And my new take, and I'm going to re-say it again, we need to change up a lot of players on the defense. I don't care if they're going to be worse and do not as good. We need to get them some more snaps. We need to try something different because in my mindset, I don't care. Okay. Big 12 championships are nice, but I'm gunning for the playoffs. And then now I'm looking to the future. I'm looking at how can this team be better for next year? And I'm not saying put in the guys and we're going to tank this season. You know, it's not like we're going to only win a couple more games. We play our freshmen. I'm not saying only play them. I'm just saying we, I like Jane Davis in the secondary, everyone else. I want to try other people. Simple as that middle linebacker. I want to see more Shane Witter because I, I'm not seeing much of him. And Brian Asimov's got a lot of energy in him, but I see a lot where he's hitting up the wrong holes, just similar to a young Kenneth Murray where he's got a lot of energy with him, but he's, Still got a lot to learn. Deshaun White's solid, you know, but he's not the superstar that you need. D-line, I say keep it. There's really nothing too much um, depth-wise um, that, that we have. That's obviously from our past recruiting um, times. You know, uh, maybe a little bit more Corey Robertson. Um, you know, honestly, here's the biggest disappointment. I, I haven't mentioned this, and I know I'm talking for a long time here, but LaRon Stokes, man. Like, I, I feel like people forget about him so much. I thought he was going to be – I thought he needed to be a huge part of this defense moving forward. And I can't tell you one time that I heard his name called in the games that I was there or on the TV. He had one tackle last game at the very, very bottom of the stat sheet. Like, that's the Big 12 newcomer of the year on a defensive line where you need people to produce. 
I, I don't know. The defensive line looked the most solid out of all the position groups moving forward, but there are some people that really need to step up. And if Ronnie Perkins comes in place first Texas, that's going to help. But still, there needs to be some changes, and it's for the betterment of the future um, moving forward. Ty, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, so last last thought on this game. Uh, people were talking about how, like, uh, Burkick isn't – like, he missed his first kick in a game or something. It's like 54 yards or something like that, like in a storm. I, he is still a, he's still an awesome, awesome kicker. Like, he hit a 51-yarder in a storm uh, in this game. So I don't – people are like, oh, like, his uh, perfect streak is ruined or, or whatever, like – his field goal didn't, you know, his field goal miss didn't make the difference. It was a hail mary, anyways, and uh, he's still a super, super awesome kicker. Uh, it's not like yeah. he missed something crazy, and it wasn't like it wasn't like a high pressure thing either. It was we were up and we were just kicking it, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't see any fault in him. I saw a lot of a lot more than I thought there'd be stuff faulting him. Like that's uh, so weird. Yeah, it but wouldn't even wouldn't have even made the point differential. Like no, we, we it's, lost just, it's just no, emotional it's people. There's yeah, nothing to it. Not like, yeah, and maybe there'd be something to it if it was like a high pressure kick that he missed, because then you could say, oh, that's one of his only high pressure situations, and maybe he's not good under pressure or something. But there was nothing, nothing to criticize there. It was a miss. He he still had it long enough. This dude might be kicking sixty something yarders uh, soon. He's definitely capable of it with the with the right conditions. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess my final thoughts. Yeah, no, this sucks that we, uh, you know, our our playoff run is, you know, kaput. Again, lesson 2007 stuff happens, whatever. But you know what? Like, this is still OU football. Months ago, we were stuck doing nothing, doing, you know, sourdough starter and playing Animal Crossing. And now we have OU football. So for everyone out here who's upset about, you know, how everything's gone. Yeah, I'm upset too. But you know what? Every Saturday, you still put on that OU hat. You still put on that shirt. Because if you're really an OU fan, you are you're I mean, you're you're here for the team. You're 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 here for the university that you care about or uh the team you like, you know, bought a shirt off Walmart and it makes you feel some sort of validation. If that's the case, get out of here anyways. We don't need you. But what I'm trying to say is it's football season. Just don't get up. So we've lost 75% of the OU fan base. What? <laughs> you don't want me in my Walmart shirt? Uh, so all I'm trying to say is, look, just don't give up on this team. You know, don't – this isn't the death of OU. We always come back. This happens This happens every five years anyways, and everyone, you know, throws dirt on us, says it's over. And they come back. They come back stronger. So, yeah, it's tough, but just enjoy the little moments. Don't spend the rest of your season wishing that we could be in the, you know, uh, playoffs or, you know, national championship, you know, that because that doesn't do anything. Just take every game as you can, um, you know, put everything into it. And, you know, if you win, you know, hey, have a fun time. It doesn't matter. You know, just just enjoy everything about this season because, as we've seen, it can be taken in a flash and, you know, it's it's crazy out here. So just just enjoy what we have, even though it's awful and we're you know have a we're we're in a one two hole here. But you know what? It's OU football. 
just uh, appreciate it for what it is. So uh, that's what I got to say. And, you know, the future is still bright. I'm still very convinced in that. So anyways, well, for me, Jameson and Ty, this has been the Schooner Pod. We'll be back at it tomorrow to break down OU Texas. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Boomer Sooner.